Hello and welcome to the Athena in the Well podcast. My name is Joy Bertrand and I'm your host. For the past 20 years, I've been trying cases, first as a state and federal prosecutor and for the past 15 years as a civil rights and criminal defense lawyer. My work has been featured on CNN, NBC, The Washington Post, CBS, Telemundo, and Univision. I teach trial advocacy and trial communication all over the world. This podcast takes the timeless teachings of the goddess of Athena and applies them to the work of women trial lawyers. Using her four primary strengths of master strategist, fiercely independent, creative goddess, and ferocious warrior, we apply these principles to the tools needed to be the most effective advocate for our clients before juries and judges, and in the process, help you find your voice, take your space, and command the courtroom. Welcome. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Athena in the Well podcast. This is our maiden podcast and will be part of a larger series where we talk about the lives of women trial lawyers. For those of you new to the Athena Project and Athena in the Well, this is a research project that started in the fall of 2019 looking at the lives of women trial lawyers, women who practice either criminal defense or plaintiff's civil trial work. And out of the gate, we're, we're looking at both women who practice criminal defense and who practice civil plaintiff's work in the well, going to trial, not simply sitting back at desks and pushing paper. There's a great quote from a United States district judge from about two years ago now, where she's forcing lawyers to stop bickering and get on to their trial. And she says, litigators drink wine and trial lawyers drink whiskey. And we're going to have trial lawyers in this case. And it, it really is a telling difference in the lives and the personalities of people who practice trial work. And added to that here is women still only comprise about 30% of those in active trial work. That number has not budged much. It's changed by about three or 4% in the past 20 years, despite women now comprising the majority of students in law school and law school graduates. Trial work has stayed really a man's world. And we're going to talk about in the Athena podcast how that plays out and what the consistent themes are for the women in the well fighting for clients day in and day out versus their male counterparts and even versus their women counterparts in other areas of practice. And while this is focused on women trial lawyers, the themes that have developed and the lessons that we've learned from this research really go beyond that. And so don't feel like simply because we've started with a discussion of women trial lawyers that you're not going to get something from this podcast. No matter who you are, there are really great ways of looking at your practice and looking at yourself that at the least won't hurt and will actually make your practice more fulfilling and make other parts of your life more fulfilling as well, because we're looking at the whole person, not simply what goes on in front of judges and juries something that isn't necessarily a surprise, but still dramatic in terms of what was reported in the research. And that is the human toll that this practice takes 
on the lawyers in it. There's an old saying of litigation as a jealous mistress. And the stories go beyond the anecdotal about the damaged marriages, the damaged relationships, the missed out parenting experience that both men and women trial lawyers report. The, the women trial lawyers that we talked to were very clear about how inhumane trial work is and that it it is not something that it has to be perpetuated, but that it's going to have to start with judges really insisting on more humane cultures in their courtrooms. And one example was a trial lawyer who has made it part of her pro bono work to go out and talk to judges about the basic needs of a woman in the courtroom, not just the lawyers, but the jurors and the court reporter and the clerk and the witnesses. Basic one is she needs to go to the bathroom. And if she's nursing, she needs to go pump her milk if she's choosing to do that. And we shouldn't have to be telling judges you can't go for three hours without a break. And it is not inappropriate for a woman child lawyer who's nursing to say, I've got a, it's time for me to pump. Let's take a break because there's plenty of people in this courtroom who also need a break for all kinds of reasons, physical, mental, emotional, to just get up and stretch. So that was a very powerful example of the kinds of changes that I was surprised still need to be spelled out for people. But then I thought about my own experience in trial work. And it's true that it's brutal and the hours are brutal and the expectations are are harsh. And in a lot of these trials, uh, civil and criminal, the stakes are high. There's not a lot of room. And the the margin of error is tiny. So we're going to be talking about in the Athena project and in the upcoming book and in the seminars about what we can do about that ourselves. Because one thing that really will waste your time and exhaust you is trying to change other people. Yes, we can talk to judges about these issues and encourage them to be more empathetic with all of the people in their courtrooms. But it, it comes down to the most change you're going to be able to see in your life is going to come from within. And the archetypal use for that is the goddess Athena. As a quick refresher on your Greek mythology, and we'll be talking about Athena in great depth with this podcast series, but as an overview, Athena is the Greek goddess born from her father Zeus. And from the beginning of her life, she is different. And one thing that we'll also be talking about here as we talk about Athena and the stories that apply to these principles is that Athena, like all of the deities in the Greek pantheon, is not perfect. She has really serious flaws in her character that are part of the archetype and reminders to us to check in with where some of those traits also emerge. So looking at the strengths and what can we take from those strengths, but also saying heads up, some of this isn't too healthy and definitely could be done differently. So Athena is interesting in that she has a mother, but it is a mother who is not present. When Zeus is told by an oracle that the next child to come from Athena's mother will rival him in power, Zeus eats her, eats Athena's mother, but Athena continues to gestate within Zeus. And then the stories vary, but the the basic story is that Zeus is walking around one day and develops just a slamming migraine. And from his 
head. Cracking through like a dinosaur baby, cracking through an egg, comes Athena. Some stories have her cracking open Zeus's head with an axe and emerging wholly formed. She emerges completely independent and completely her father's daughter. And Athena then develops into a goddess of four general things that we are going to be applying in this work. And the first is, and the one I think she's probably most known for, she's a master strategist. She is who the warriors call on when stuff's getting bad. There's the battle of the giants where she's called in to give strategic advice and actually helps with throwing entire islands on the giants to keep them down. And there's a some commentary in the mythology that when those volcanoes on those islands start to get restless, it's the giants underneath getting restless and fussing. So master strategist, and, and what is that? It's a, an ability to understand human nature and work with it, to work within people's own weaknesses, their own drives, and then kind of use those use that understanding to to navigate and to advise on how to get what you need. The, The classic example also with this is the Trojan horse and Athena having an appreciation of human vanity and human curiosity. And if you can imagine Athena sitting down with these warriors and saying, okay, hear me out, hear me out. Let's build a giant horse. No, no, like three stories, like a giant horse out of wood. And then we'll, we'll put them on wheels and we're going to take that to the gates of Troy and offer it as a gift. Now imagine people looking at her like, you've got to be out of your mind, woman. She says, no, hold, hear me out. We're going to fill the horse with soldiers so that when the Trojans get excited and want to see their new present, they will drop the gar- the, the, the gates and the horse will come in and then all of you can run out and pillage, the, pillage Troy. And it's clever. But what is clever about it is her ability to appreciate the motivations of people and what they need and what they want and reading that uh she's that is a much more refined way to fight than simple brutal force which is what her brother Ares was known for so strategist is going to be the one we come back to over and over it's the one that seems to be the 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 gold the brass ring for trial lawyers the the thing that we just really if I could just be better at strategy comes up again and again um the next trait of Athena that we look at a lot here is her fierce independence both I mean being born fully formed is a beautiful metaphor for Athena's strength. And this independence is not in uh, angry or bitter, I don't need a man kind of thing at all. And she is not the only female archetype in history to gain strength from her independence. For example, uh, Queen Elizabeth I, also known as the Virgin Queen, declined to be married off by her family at a time when marriages are really about financial and political alliances. She said, no, no, I am married only to England. And this virginity idea, both with Athena and with Elizabeth, isn't virginity in necessarily that same chastity, prudish uh, kind of concept. It's, it, it's not for a lack of living in the physical realm and enjoying physical pleasures. Rather, it's about being wholly valuable 
in and of yourself, of not needing anybody, anybody, a partnership with anybody, an alliance with anybody to have value and to have power and potency. And in fact, that the more you give away that power by seeking acceptance, by seeking uh, validation from others, affirmation from others, the less independent and the less strong you will be. So in no way are we going to be advocating here that leave your intimate relationships or that you don't need other people in your life. Absolutely. This is this whole world is a lot easier with a team. But what we are going to be looking at is can we get more comfortable with the fully formed woman that we are and that we don't need validation. We don't need acceptance or likes uh, to, to have value um, that the value comes from within. So we'll be talking about that quite a bit. And it's where some of the more challenging work might come up for us. Um, I say that in personal experience that looking at that and staying supple and warm and connected with people uh, while still maintaining independence is is sometimes a tricky a tricky exercise but one that is so important uh, no matter what you're doing but especially in the context of being able to stand in the well and advocate uh, to judges and juries for our clients. The next trait is the one that makes me smile the most and gives me the most pleasure to talk about and that is Athena as a creative goddess. And she's not just creative in a, in a general sense. It's a very distinct kind of creativity in that she is a master weaver. And so she's she makes beautiful tapestry. And what is a, a trial but a tapestry? We're working within structure. Some of that structure is made for us with uh, the evidence rules and the rules of procedure uh, and case law. And some of it is what we create in terms of how we're going to build our our case. Uh, You can talk to three or four different criminal defense lawyers about a homicide and get three or four different takes on how to defend it. None wrong, just different ways of seeing how to make the same type of tapestry. So it's working with structure and within structure and also being able, this, this goes to also being a good strategist, to imagine the finished product when you're starting and working toward that finished product, as opposed to kind of piecing it together as you go. And then you've got like some macrame and some crochet all held together. I don't know, with those looms from when we were kids. Um, you don't have anything. You just have a big kind of jumbled mess. And Athena's creative ability is much more organized and planned and and thought through before she does any work. So we're still going to be working on the right brain and developing that uh, part of ourselves as Jerry Spence has said repeatedly, and I completely agree with that law school really is designed to beat the right brain to death, to beat the creative out of the lawyer. And yet in trial work, the difference between a good trial lawyer and a real powerhouse in the well is that ability to meld the technical with the creative and to encourage all of us to define more as creative people than simply as good technicians and good rule masters. Then the fourth quality that Athena presents that is consistent with a lot of discussion and kind of modern mythology about trial lawyers, and that is the ferocious warrior. You do not want to mess with Athena if she goes to war. She is slow to go to war. She appreciates the great cost of war, and once she goes, there is no going back. Um, 
And that warrior theme you see a lot now. There's writings about trial lawyers as modern gladiators, which seems a little a little over the top. But even the Spence Trial Lawyers College Alumni Association is the F Warrior Association for a reason. And it, it's not without any basis. Uh, trial work is physically incredibly demanding, mentally demanding, and really requires a whole body approach. You cannot simply practice trial work from the neck up. And in fact, the more you drop down into the rest of the body, into the heart and into the gut and even into the the loins, the more powerful you are in the well. Um, But that also means discipline and care of that warrior that sometimes is at odds with the humanity of the practice and the lifestyle of a lot of child lawyers, which is, you know, when we're honest, can be harsh harsh on the body. Uh, so we're going to also be looking at ways to care for that warrior in a, in a real practical sense that will help make you stronger. So those are going to be the four traits of Athena that we apply to trial work. And what's going to develop over the next couple podcasts is we're going to look at how these traits also interact with each other. And for today's purposes, just to warm up, here's what we're going to do. If you're at a desk or table and you have a pen and paper, you can do this. If you're driving or you're doing chores and you can't sit down to sketch something out, that's fine, but do it when you can this week. Um, you're going to draw first. It's two, two steps. You're going to draw first an XY axis. So going back to high school geometry here, you're going to draw a vertical line down the middle of the page, and then you're going to draw a horizontal line across the middle of the page to make your X and Y axes. Real straightforward so far. I'm sure you've got it. And it doesn't have to be perfect. No one's going to see this. This is just for you to kind of visualize this a little bit better. In the top right hand quadrant, right master strategist. Okay, so that's that's the strategy, the Trojan horse strategist, Athena's traits. Now, go to the lower right-hand corner of that axis and write fiercely independent. Okay, so that's going to be the I am fueled from within quadrant. And where there's maybe some some personal work that can go on here that really can improve all aspects of your practice, but it might also be some of the most taxing work. I acknowledge that. And we'll, we'll talk about that. Then go to the lower left quadrant and write creative goddess. And then go up and in the upper left quadrant, write ferocious warrior. So... Get comfortable with this quadrant idea. We're going to be coming back to it consistently in these discussions. And you'll start to see how visually it's going to work for you. Now, here's the second thing you're going to do. Keep that same piece of paper, that same XY axis where you've written the four traits into the different quadrants. And freehand this. It doesn't have to be perfect. And in fact, it'll be interesting to see what you organically do uh, from the outset here. Draw a circle that encompasses all four quadrants. So look at the middle of your XY axis there and then go out a little bit and draw a circle. So there's a little bit of the strategist quadrant encompassed by the circle. There's a little bit of the independence quadrant 
encompassed by the circle, a little bit for creative goddess and a little bit for ferocious warrior. And this circle, here's what's cool about this program. That circle never stops being a circle. So it's not going to become an amoeba or a triangle. It stays a circle. You can shift that circle around the axis. But what we're going to focus on in the early work here is growing the circle, making it bigger. So for example, to keep that a circle, you have to, if you're going to, let's say, increase your creativity, you're going to work on that and work on some right brain strength, then that circle will get, that part of the circle will open up and get wider. That means the rest of the circle has to open as well. And that means that when you develop one skill, you're actually building all the skills and improving overall. And what is really like mind-blowing about this that we found is that with these quadrants, so if you look at the the traits catacorner to each other, so um, strategist and creative goddess are catty-corner to each other, and ferocious warrior and independence are catty-corner catty corner to each other. What we have found is that those traits have the most direct influence to each other. So if you develop your strategy skills, your right brain skills will be directly impacted and grow as well. If you focus on becoming a more ferocious warrior, and I don't say this lightly, let's say you decide in the context of this work that, you know what, I'm going to go to a martial arts gym and I'm going to learn some basic physical defense. I'm sick of feeling like a wimp. I'm sick of feeling scared to stand up for myself. And I have these weird reactions and stressful situations that are clearly about physical safety. So I'm going to work on that you're going to get more independent too. And the inverse is true. The more independent you are, the more you don't need people's approval and you stand firm on your own two feet, the better warrior, the more ferocious you're going to be, the more able to fight when you have to fight, you will be. So those are going to be the concepts that we're working with. And in the next episode, we're going to start with the strategist and Athena's strengths and weaknesses um, as they apply to being a master strategist. And we're going to just work through these piece by piece with projects every week that you can do on your own. This week's project is going to be a journaling exercise where you're going to take each one of these quadrants, each one of these four skills, and just journal about what you're good at in every quadrant. Focus on what you're good at and stretch yourself. So for example, there's a lot of trial lawyers that buckle at the idea of being creative. One of the heaviest lifts at the trial lawyers college is painting day when the students are asked to paint their soul or some other project. Oh my good Lord. The, you either have students that completely jump into it and start painting and it reports the best day of the whole ranch program. And then there's the others who are mad, mad they have to be there. And they're the ones painting a simple circle or a happy face and really giving the bird to the idea that this creative development is part of being a child lawyer. I've yet to find a way to um, make that feel more valuable to the students, except to say that I now paint before every child. And it really does help get my brain thinking in a different way than simply about exhibit tabs and what we're going to do with trial director and who's going to do what. All that stuff's important too, but that painting exercise really helps 
with a big mental and emotional shift that gives us a real edge in trial. So focus on the positive. And if you're stuck, ask your pals, ask your beloved, ask your kids, what am I good at? When am I a good warrior? Doesn't even have to be in the context of your work. There's a lot of women out there who fit the mother bear stereotype. You get near their cubs and it is curtains. Um, There's a lot of women who keep beautiful gardens, are fantastic cooks, um, can make something out of nothing. That's all creative skill. Carrying a child in the womb is a creative effort. All of those things count. We're here to start building and seeing what you already come to uh, this discussion with, not breaking you down. And that's going to be consistent with our discussions too. We're here to build up, not break down. There might be times we nudge you and encourage you to think in a different way or look at things from a different angle, but we're not here to break you down. We're here to build you up. So that's going to be this week's exercise. Do the journaling. How am I a good strategist? And write in the first person, how am I independent? When do I stand on my own two feet? What am I creative at? When do I really let that shine? And when am I a ferocious warrior? And you might find some of those strengths, you know, you're stronger in than others. You might be able to make a great big list for some and not others. That's okay. This is just the start. Next week, we're going to talk about the strategist. And so bring your list and see how that melds. And I also want to share with you a little bonus that we're going to be doing over the next few weeks. We're going to be doing an extra session each week called Woo Woo Wednesday, where we bring in people from all different areas, yoga, Ayurveda, um, mythology, anything that works with energy and looks at how we use energy. So that might be something that speaks to you. It might be something that is not much like the developing of the creative skills. This area of how we work with energy and the energy we put out into the world is really what can be the edge that you need to take your take your practice to the next level to really grow as a lawyer and person. And with Woo Woo Wednesdays, we suggest you just bring an open mind and a soft heart and take a listen. Take from it what interests you, leave the rest. It's something we're doing really as a treat and as a special offering to colleagues who, especially right now on March 22nd, 2020, may be struggling a little bit. This is a way to just kind of back you up a little bit more and support you and give you new ideas, new ways of doing things, new ways of thinking. Thanks for joining us. Look forward to talking with you guys next week about Athena the Strategist and also to join you guys on Woo Woo Wednesday when we'll start our conversation about how to harness energy to make real measurable change in our lives. I look forward to talking with you then. Meanwhile, please be gentle with yourself. Be kind to yourself and others and know you are in a community that wants you to succeed. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Athena in the Well podcast. Join us each week when we apply the lessons of the goddess Athena to the lives of women trial lawyers, helping you to find your voice, 
Take your space and command the courtroom.